guys, welcome to another episode of MC Anime. I'm MC Anime, and today I'm with my co-host again with Via. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's been um, a very wild week. We're almost right back at the weekend, but um, I'm yeah. excited to to get into the like deeper parts of today's topic. So, all things considered, very, very good. True. And uh, today's topic is Japanese duality, modesty, and anime. So, this particular topic is diving into the culture of modesty and also the level of seriousness that Japan has, the level of cons- conservation that they have for people, the image, how they look, all that stuff, and then also how they present it in anime, how that culture can be drawn from Japanese society, depicted into that medium. Yes. Um, and so this topic kind of came up from We've had many, many discussions in regards to different aspects of anime, different themes, motifs, uh, even doing a series that focus on one thing or another, or just talking about one show in particular. But I think it's always really cool to look at how a genre of um, animation and storytelling can seem so similar, but also so different from the country it originated from. Oh, yeah. Uh Japanese culture, I don't know. It's one of those things that's like very nuanced things you have to be aware of. Like to go to Japan, if you're American, you want to excel at those things that they are seem honoring the elderly, the society, the etiquette, all that has to be factored in for you not to stand out as a you know, the American who's just an outsider not knowing Japanese customs. Yeah. Um, like there's been there's been more of a recent uptick in regards to uh foreigners who live in different countries, especially like countries like South Korea that are very popular because of their entertainment industry. But yeah. beforehand it was Japan. Um especially with the boom and more popularity growing around anime. And it's still growing now, but just seeing the cultural differences of how it yeah. is to be a Westerner in an Eastern country. And then you, if you, even if you Google things I learned as a, um, as a tourist or as a visitor in another country, there's That's so right. many things. Yeah. For etiquette wise, politeness, completely different. Oh yeah. I was, I remember seeing like, videos of anime man just going all over Japanese society and yada yada yada. It's like, okay. And then, you know, funny, fun fact, uh, I actually had an uh, interview earlier today, uh, Japan on film, which is another podcast that's going to be coming up. Um, it's a collaboration, but I don't want to spoil too much, but he originally moved from uh the United States to Japan, married in Japan, and had a child. So he still had the film aesthetics that he brought with him, like teaching all that stuff. But he had to move and learn an entirely new culture while moving. That's tough. 
and it takes yeah. a it takes patience, but it, I think it also is very it can be very fun and exciting. Yeah, everything's new and kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, if there's any reason to move, it would probably be for, like for love or for family. Oh yeah, I don't really see any other reason not to move. Yeah, outside of maybe like I mean even for work, um, I have a lot yeah. of military friends who, who have gone overseas and worked overseas, and for them, uh, they they've talked about like how things are different culturally, but also yeah. for they they also stay on base, so that's very it's very much so different than living in like a province or in a residential area. Okay, yeah, uh, you know one particular term that is brought up a lot. Orientalism. It's basically uh, various. It's basically Orientalism is the belief or the perception that you have of the country and the, of the and the people of of another country perceiving your country. This is a cultural exchange, and also what you believe it could be. You know that. You know what I mean. Oriental. Orientalism? Yes. The term to describe something or someone from East Asia. Oriental has various uh, associations with European imperialism. Never. And tends to I've be never. related with a offensive stereotype. Yeah, I've, I like, for one, using the term Oriental for anyone um, of Eastern descent, no one does that anymore. You're not, that's absolutely not what you're supposed to do. Um, unless you're listening to like Avenue Q or something, but um, but that that's an interesting term. I've never heard that. It is pretty spot on. I'd have to say. Well, yeah, because uh, throughout history, people will view Asian countries through this lens, which Orientalism is not necessarily true. And also, this is also a reverse uh, belief from. Like China, for example, they had a closed off system. They were isolated from the global empire. They had control of the trade. They were in demand. But it took a foreign power to weaken China to open up the borders. Same thing with Japan. They had an isolistic country. And as a result, it took a long time for change. Mm-hmm. So Bushido Code being the big thing. The Shogun versus the Emperor, all that leading up to, you know, Imperial Japan. Now we have, instead of Imperial Japan, we have a democracy Japan. So it's totally have changed. They've been slow to change because they were not willing to accept the Western Hemisphere. I mean, I... I think that's kind of weirdly enough a a timeline that every country almost goes through. Like even the United States, we had a time where we cut ourselves off from the world and shut down. It literally was like us being forced and thrust into uh, World War One mm-hmm. and World War Two. That was the reason why we had to get involved. But yeah, we've done well, the same thing also, with isolationism. Yeah. Well, you can also say the same thing is that all isolation uh, isolationism. I, ideologically idea could have been 
not applicable and actually gone to war. But if we've immediately gone to war, that doesn't set the standard for who we are as well. Because typically, there has to be an aggressor of extreme force to bring on that type of policy to go to war. Right. And with Japan... All they had, all it took was a battleship from the United States to open up its borders. They literally I mean, gunboat yeah, diplomacy. Yeah, I mean, after after a while, I think that many nations also kind of realize that isolating yourself and kind of mm-hmm. keeping the rest of the, the rest of the world out it makes you weaker rather than making you stronger. If you don't know what your opponents oh, yeah. are doing, and if you don't. And if you're not developing with the rest of the world and you're only comparing things to yourselves, you're going to fall behind and you're going to find yourself hot off guard. I think um, yeah. I think Japan learned that uh, very organically on their own. But I, I totally get what you mean. Yeah. And China took, I think, what? It took the trade of opium to cause wars over opium. And as mm-hmm. a result, the opium wars actually made China so weak that it opened its borders. So the Western Hemisphere actually had more power in trade, and China wasn't dictating where they can go anymore? Well, the introduction of drugs into a country to, like, destabilize it and weaken it, um, that's been used time and time again. We've even seen it in the U.S. and mm-hmm. in, like, neighborhoods and societies, yep. um, like, with the crack pandemic and the war on drugs using that to add like almost essentially a big distraction and make the people be unable to focus on the real looming threat. Uh, It's it's very, it's very smart. It's very evil, but it's effective. And we've seen the changes that it's caused. Yeah. And now this change for the better is good. It happens, but it's a slow change. And one thing that is not necessarily a slow change is one's country's own identity, own culture, like Japan, for example. They are a very modest country, very pacifist, you know, not really conservative of beliefs. They don't want to necessarily offend someone or act in a particular manner that would bring dishonor to the family. Mm-hmm. What's your thought on that? I mean, it's it's not just modesty, but also traditionalism. Yep. Um, with being a kind of a homogeneous society, they yeah. have to create their their own caste system. So, from education to where you live in neighborhood, how you speak with your um your dialect, because not everyone in Japan speaks the same form of Japanese, and yep. then um from job to money to family status, all of those oh. are how they tell each other apart and how they um, differentiate. Derif- oh my God. How they show that they are different from one another, um, which is completely different from how we have here in Western culture where we focus on individualism because yep. it's easier to motivate Western cultures by saying, don't you want to be your best self for you and aren't you your own main character while in... Um, Eastern cultures or cultures mm-hmm. that focus more so on society, it's yeah. how are you contributing to the bigger picture? How are you going to make the world better for the people who come after you? 
in those two different ways motivates countries differently. Well, also homogeneous society also pushes naturalism more than anything else. Because you're acting in a similar manner and you want to be the same-ish to other people that they perceive you mm-hmm. similar as anyone else, that kind of builds up the the pride in the country and how who you are, you want to represent, you want to be distinct and be like on your P's and Q's to provide much as you can because it's another aspect of Japanese society is business. They don't pay overtime. You stay as long as you need to finish the job. You're basically serving the company. You're not serving the individual. So your work should be finished before you leave for the day. And uh, I think lunch breaks are not necessarily a thing either. And that's why it's a mandatory law in Sunday as a mandatory rest day in Japanese society. Well, the Japanese work culture and the way that they see themselves is still, it's like, it's, um, it's a yeah. total difference of culture from what you will have here in the U.S. or what you will see in Europe. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, business yeah. cards is the best form of cultural exchange that you can do as an American business with a Japanese representative because mm-hmm. they take really good pride in having your contact because they secure that contact as a, as a bridge of trust. Well, yeah, because in Japanese American society, it's the business card. The exchange of the business card is so vital because it provides the point of contact, but also establish the relationship. Yeah, because typically, if you have someone's business card in Japan, that means that means an actual relationship has somehow been formed, or yeah. at least a connection has been made. You don't hand your business card out to everyone. While here yeah. in the U.S., it's very typical to like even with the conventions we have to just hand out business cards. If you go to um, a place where they're having a hiring fair, uh, a job fair, you can go in there and get a thousand business cards. And a lot of them you never use or you never contact those people. I think more of my older friends still use business cards. um, And then working professionals that I know, if if they're out and about and they might socialize with someone that they're interested in, they use just oh, yeah. like Japanese culture and give that person their business card. But I've had many a times where I've been caught off guard when someone's like, oh, here's my business card. Do you like have yours? And I'm like, this is a Hooters. No, I do not have a business card. But in Japan, <laughs> it's very, it's very, very normal. And oh, yeah. um, in the way I that you yeah. structure your mind is completely different. Yeah, I, uh, that's what I did when I was at a convention. Instead of a business card, because I didn't have the money for it, instead I, I created a QR code. So I gave a website, I gave all, basically they can, okay, here's a QR code that you can scan, you can put it on your phone, and then bam, you bring it up, and then you can have it, and then you can use it what you want, like it, all that stuff. Go actually to the Facebook page, like the fa- Facebook page, if you want to go back, you can do it that way. And I also had the written uh, links down. It was also free advertising because I was doing, I believe I was advertising for not only the blog at the time, but I was also advertising for a 
smaller convention in my hometown that my anime club was organizing. So I was doing two different birds with two different stones. So yeah, the QR code is like the business card, since I didn't have money to invest in the QR uh, business cards at the last moment. Hmm. Yeah, um...
people aren't dressing in bright colors. People aren't purposely standing out. It, every time you see anything that's an anime that has to do with a person who stands out, it's usually they have a punk fashion to them. Um, they are an idol or they're like the main character of the show. Uh, or, you know, unfortunately, you're in the Yu-Gi-Oh! universe uh, and you just got to <laughs> just accept whatever somebody looks like, no matter the hair, style, whatever. But in Japanese culture, it's it's very rude to make yourself... Uh, the center of attention into Peacock because they believe that uh, I forgot what the saying is, but essentially it means that the yeah, fruit that the has the most worth, yeah, is closer to the ground. It's not standing out. It bears the most weight and it's the most fruitful because it's not trying to be at the very top of the tree, be light, be showing off. It, it's oh, focused yeah. on what its job is and it, and it completes that 100%. And that comes with their teachings and their traditional oh, yeah. way of living. You know, because they have the important belief of face. You know, you can either there's three things with face. You can give them face. You can make someone lose face and build face. So one way to make someone lose face, for example, is do something that's unexpected, that's not the normal thing, and it brings out the negative attention, like wearing bright colors, like mm-hmm. embarrassing yourself. Like showing emotional outbursts, that brings on negative attention, or let's say, say un- unusual t- attention to you, because Japanese society is to blend in and not create a distinct uh, culture and public, but a distinct culture and private. Because they're very private individuals as well. Yes, very much so. Um, you know, the, in, the it, self-esteem is really important here too with face. I I will have to say with when it comes to um, like the value of face and, and keeping your composure and also keeping your privacy that it doesn't just stop with oneself uh, in Japanese culture. Now, they're not just thinking of themselves when they make these decisions. It's ingrained in them that what they're doing is literally going to be a reflection of their family and also a reflection of their jobs and of the people that they're around. So if you interact with someone who stands out negatively in society, it's likely that you're going to re- remove yourself from that person's social circle in order to remain almost in this kind of like pure light that you've been building around yourself and that the rest of society has been promoting. Oh, yeah. You know, you act with restraint and so much conservation, conservative conduct that it's the the normal thing to do. You don't want to stand out with losing face by something inappropriate. You know, it's the fear of letting down the family is really impactful here. Because when we come back to it, uh, the family values that Japan has is you know not necessarily to themselves, but they take family more seriously. Just like a here's another example: Hispanic families really treasure family time and family bonds. So that's one culture where the the idea of family is very close, very unique, very united. You know, you do anything for your family, you know, stuff like that. 
Well, I wouldn't say that for Western culture, especially for um, American no, culture, no. that they care less about their family. But I, I think, think the, the way that we we perceive is. ourselves, yeah. yeah, the perception I think of um, American individualism yeah. isn't a direct, isn't the isn't a straight road just to being a reflection of your family, unless yeah. of course you're doing something extreme or kind of wild. Like over here, we uh, many many young adults are into the mindset where they've stopped basing all of their decisions on, oh, would this upset my parents? And more so, like, is this gonna like is this going to be the thing that severs me from my family? If it is, then they take more time to think it over and and you know think about the actions that they're taking. But if it's not, they most people are starting to live for themselves more than what they were doing in the past, and so it's been good for some people, and it's not been so great for others. But I don't oh, think yeah. that relates to the fact that they they don't care about their family. It's just no, how different what it's, it's the yeah. like. Okay, here's one. Here's like a father, uh, a husband, uh, a worker, a taxi driver, um, a brother, a ne- uh, nephew. All those different hats that someone can have. You really come down to it. All have. S- individual roles that they have in their life. What some are more important than others, like mm-hmm. the taxi driver, the worker, the father, the husband, the son. All of that is in one combination of everyday life. Now the other aspects like the nephew doesn't come up as much but still has a chunk of the life dedicated to it. So right. individualism takes all those roles and basically instead of it all being divided instead of being all one thing, it's divided into several smaller chunks. Japan takes it not necessarily as an individual. They take they basically treat family, work, and everything else the same. So everything is basically every small detail is a significant part. Of daily life, nope, you treat it with the same consideration. You you treat it with similar consideration, and everything you do can has an has an action associated with it. Which no, you're you're completely you're completely on point of what of how that is in that culture. But I do find it interesting though that in a lot of animes that people know and love. And even shows that we we find as our own mm-hmm. special gems and our own comfort stuff. There is an ongoing trend of when the hero kind of or the protagonist does something that is completely against what the family wants or what ex- they expected of them. They choose like a path where other every most of their most of their family or maybe the town they grew up in is yeah. saying, "Don't do it. Don't go. Stay here." And they go off and and they go to accomplish whatever big mission it is. And they kind of pick up a merry band of friends who support them in their endeavors or try to keep them on track along the way. So I do think that's very interesting as well, that for a country that is very modest and does care about their privacy and cares about family lineage and maintaining um, their honor, that they do also love shows where people are just like completely just like, forget it. 
Because yeah. I want to do, I want to do this thing, and even though everyone's saying no or saying that it's going to ruin all of these aspects, mm-hmm. I, I'm still going for it. And people love that. It yeah. makes some of the best heroes. It oh, makes yeah. some of the greatest heroes. And the thing with Japanese society I like a lot is the landscape. The different landscapes with different cultures. You can still be a small town or a small village remain traditional and still be unique in in your culture you just present you're presenting your culture what your village is and Japan at the same time right so like for example if Japan has a when they're very strategic when they place out shops or they use this piece of land for a, a a coffee shop, for example, or a net cafe. They're very specific what they're going to use it for, and they also leave enough space, the green space, where the you plant, you have a garden, you have the uh, a way to enjoy nature in the middle of town, like you know how akin to New York City has New York State Park. Well, Central Park, I mean, they have Central Park as a big green space, but Japan has very individual green spaces and dedicate a lot of time to it. Like, mm-hmm. I know, like, like, America, we pride ourselves with community gardens. Well, in Japan, it's everyday courtesy to have that spaces incorporated in your city design anyway. Well, they also have limited space. I think yes. you, we also have to remember that they are, they're an island, so they don't, they have, they do have rural areas, they do have, uh, like, forestation, and they have country to, um, regions and all of that, and provinces, but they don't have the amount of the land that we have, and one of our yeah. states is the size of their country, so I think it, it I think that's just a, a stroke, like, a structural and infrastructure thing yeah. that's done, like, their architecture is to utilize as much space positively as possible. Because you can't have just a concrete jungle. Yeah, yeah, you can't just have a concrete jungle for your biggest city and then, yeah. um, you know, expect everyone to just be fine and for the human psychology to just work okay with that. But I yeah. will say that in, um, like, a great, a really very popular genre, again, is Slice of Life. And like mm-hmm. even shows like even all the shows for Slice Life, whether it be romantic, uh, yeah. dramatic, uh, comedy, fantasy, yeah, like mm-hmm. uh, fruit basket, all of that. These shows, uh, like uh, Saki, uh, Saki Kai. Uh, yeah. So, I think it's really significant with uh, the, the different green spaces creating. Definitely. Also, not only is it structuring society, but also giving shape to the society as well. And the school system is reflecting of that, of the school festivals, the the different, um, you know, the, the rooftop scene, the beach scene, going to the station, all that stuff. What do you think? Um... I do know that when I watch the shows, uh, I I do like the the is still a duality to it because it has the 
traditional things that are happening. And that that kind of gives you an insight of just how the culture is set up. But them having these fun kind of like what we call filler episodes, which they are uh, in regards to some plot lines. But I I really enjoy them. I do like it when they slow it down and they kind of just let Mm -hmm. kids kids and enjoy their life or um, they just have one themed episode for the school festival. I think since those are staples in anime as well, it is it holds very true that these are very important aspects in um a developing like young adults life in Japan. Like these are very big moments that people love to recreate over and over because once you become an adult, it's it's very hard to yeah, find time. You're not as magical, stuff. you don't have the time for it, and not having the time, you basically get a want a rant about well. Where am I going to be in another 10 years? I'm going to be stuck here when I'm not really happy and job satisfaction, yada, yada, yada. Or are you going to be, well, I'm only 16. I got the world ahead of me on all my shoulders. And you know what? I will have to say that those 16-year-olds really do have the world on their shoulders, but I think that's because what it feels like <laughs> when you're that age. I, re- I remember when I was 16, and you feel like the world will end, or like, it, like there's no, what is the future? Who cares about, who cares about 21? You're 16. That's five years. Yeah. It's like, it, you have to think about it. It's like, you've lived what, um, a quarter of your life by the time you're 16? So much is a part of being 16 and going through your teenage years. So I, I do love that, that kind of when you're in your youth, they, yeah. they show that in Japanese uh, anime, just oh. how maddening it can be. I mean, what keeps um, me sane is to live day by that. day. Yeah. That's, I just focus on the, on the, on the moment. I can't believe we're going to say this, but you, you basically live moment by moment. And by living by moment by moment, you tend to appreciate life more. And yes, this is coming from another person. Mr. Dr. Bob Rich. Ugh, he's still in my mind. Ah, anyway. Yeah, I'm having... I'm, I'm telling you, all these interview guests are oh just overlapping and just... Affecting my psyche in a really strange but beneficial way. At this point, you live, breathe, and sleep uh, <laughs> this podcast in all of your interviews. It is very impressive. Every time you tell me that your schedule of what you have lined up, I'm just like, mm, mm. <laughs> not enough coffee. There's no way, but you pull it off week after week. I have to commend you. You are your own no. anime no. protagonist. Yeah, you oh, just gosh. keep you keep rolling with the and punches. At least I don't have to do the exam. You know the exam arc or the uh, not. Uh, you know the exam arc opposed to the tournament arc that we see sometimes. Very true. Uh, <laughs> I, I do like that. I do love the either you get either you get an exam art or you you get a tournament art or you just get like some random challenge that we're just waiting for. Oh, oh absolutely ridiculous! It's even worse than Spice of Life. Ridiculous. And also, Adventure School Anime. Oh, it's such a nail biter for that content. Flipping broke. 
no hero, nearly. My Hero Academia has everything I just said: the exam arc, the the villain arc, the tournament arc. I was like, brah. Then the summer break arc. I was like, oh gosh, why can't this just be something totally separate than Spice of Life? The fact that you're over here begging for Slice of Life for uh, My Hero Academia is hilarious because when I watched it with my guy, we watched it, and when they had the, like, this isn't a spoiler, anyone. They finally give these kids, like, a youthful moment where they do, like, a school, like, festival thing. Like, every school festival it is. It's My Hero Academia style. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. But for me, I got upset. Because I was like, season ending? How dare you let them know peace? Because every season ending, somebody's in danger. Someone just got, like, incapacitated. Somebody's brother's in the hospital. It's always like something's happening, right? And then they gave us one season where the good guys win. They they do, like, a a dance concert performance. And they're having a great time. Their school has so much money. Like, let's... We can talk about that later. But... It literally, when that episode was done, and they were like, we'll see you next season. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? It's, uh, we it's we got to get back into, it's a, into the, into the drama of it all. It's a game theory. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Please, for the life of me, watch. Who brings Matt Patton Oh, unprovoked? my gosh. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's great. Uh, Matt Pat's hilarious. Matt Pat is just sweet, sweet early 2000s. He's still, he's still going on with Theory right now. And Game Theory and, no, and Film Theory. Yes, Game Theory. Yeah. He does he's all three. And honestly, I'm proud of him. He's, oh, he's kept that, I still that remember channel solid. SEL is the most expensive video game ever that's not even made. Oh my gosh! Oh, uh, Sword Art Online will cost over a billion dollars to make because of the different one hundred individual floors and each landscape on each floor and the bit frame that is required for it. I was like, okay, you're sitting here, <laughs> you're sitting here talking all this trash, but. Imagine how awesome it would have been to have a sword art online version of like that in our world while oh. we all were like locked down in quarantine and stuff. Like imagine how like we wouldn't do anything. We would be uh. fat <laughs> like the humans off of Wally for sure. But we would be in living our best lives. I just saw how expensive it was. It's like, oh my gosh. What is this? It was just an information overload with him, with Matt Pat. Okay, it's only a ten minute video. It's only a ten minute video, and he just that, it, everything it, in. It's literally crash course. Oh my! That man lived his life in fast course. It's very impressive. Lives in crash fast course. course, and he's just What's going that? on about well, crash course. Okay. No crash course. No. What's they say? Oh, we're going to study the Civil War. Well, here's my take on the Civil War, and then da 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 da. Speed, but speed one five minutes later, he's still talking. He's notorious for like just speed talking all the way. He turns like a a thirty minute lesson to like a 
15 minute segment. It's like, what is this? That was like the bane of my school history program. They just kept going with a crash course. Um, <laughs> I vote against that. Oh, I don't know. That's a yeah. lot. That is yeah, absolutely so it's like, a lot. We had oh to answer questions too. It's like, okay. That, that's trying to write something that's good about from the video. But yeah, uh, I think stuff like that is a really different medium. I also think back, you know, with anime-wise, it's also really good for the Japanese society. Like, content creators make all kinds of original content. One community is VTuber, which I think is interesting. They, you know, have a virtual avatar and it's simulating movement through a AI program that's re- recognizing body movement. I'm I'm kind of sure. I'm not sure about that. But yeah, what you what's your thoughts about VTubing and the uh, dual uh, message that we want to achieve? Um, I at first didn't really understand what VTubing was. I had seen it pop up a lot of message boards. Reddit was talking about it. And at first I thought it was kind of like almost like a, like bit emojis or IMVU, stuff like that, where you're kind of creating your own avatar. But it, I'm okay with it. Like, um, I just think it's just another like evolution for like the mixture of technology and, and people's love for, for like, yeah. culture and anime and all of that so it's it's not something that I would do like I don't I don't know if I would bother making my own VTuber channel or anything like that but I do I do like the amount of effort that it takes oh, for yeah. people to yeah. kind of build up these these communities oh, yeah. and also be due to dedication to like have the software the devices the syncing of everything it, it's yeah, really cool. You know, I will give them that. Once you have a country rich in culture, the medium really becomes so diverse that you have an entire lifetime of anime to watch and never be able to watch it all. And, you know, the culture exchange is really high. You know, you can track it back to the 20th century, period exploration, maturity, refinement, Animation is developed into something that's changed, uh, basically industry in Japan. It's a model for the full national and cultural experience that we see in anime culture. So, Japan uh-huh. as open and closed culture. What is your view on that? I think it's wrong to imagine that uh, Japanese people are very quiet or they're only hardworking and reserved. I think knowing the amount of amazing talent that they produce and their diligence to their work, it is very cool to see it come out in creative ways. It, I think it also is kind of like, uh, it kind of always reminds me of like the quiet kid in class who has some like incredible, insane like hobby behind the scenes. You just don't know about it. That's how I think whenever it's like people say, you know, Japanese people are quiet or reserved or they're very, you know, peaceful country and stuff, but there's so much 
rich there's, culture there's, in there. There's so much that you um, miss if you don't And it don't comes out through their artwork. Specifically, what it is at base value. At base value, yeah. Japan is so... You know what? Japan is Japan. You know, the saying what stays in Vegas stays in Vegas. Well, with Japan, it does not stay in Japan. When they bring out the anime and export it to the states and all these countries, they'll create their unique profile in the digital space. And that is beyond our comprehension because that digital space is very important to protecting Japanese culture. It's it's very easy to get immersed in it, but it's also very easy to miss a lot of things. I think if you get very wrapped up in the technology and the modernism of what they have now and their uh the more flashier art forms that you see, like with VTubers, uh with their with their um their idol groups and their concerts and their visual shows, you you can miss some of the amazing things like um their villages, their shrines, their temples. They, their, their traditional dances and their music, um, even tea pouring classes and learning about geishas, samurais, all of that. There's so much. It's so much. And it's yeah. so much condensed into one, one country that is, is uh, only a small portion of like the land and size of oh, our yeah. country. And also, but there's so much in uh, it. The pride of sharing such culture is very reminiscent of the fact that it's. It's natural spirit, the values and distinct characteristics. You know? What do you think of the natural spirit being involved in the process yeah. of this animation process? I think you need it. I I think you need to have something that is a, a, a central foundation and something that is un, that everyone can say, I have this thing. And it's it's for me, and it's unique to me. But every single one of us has one, almost like a soul, um, yeah. in your own ambition and motivation. I think having that—that's the strongest foundation you can have, oh, yeah. and then you can only continue to build around it. As long as your foundation yeah. is strong, you can create anything. And I think uh, I Japan think and it, its people it really have shown that time and time again. A lot of times, because all of it is connected together, and. Oh. Mm-hmm. When you approach that, you kind of get it. Well, I mean, anime—that's our culture. But this shrine down the street is also our culture. This train going to Kanto and connecting to Johto is the same thing, you know. Uh, not not Johto, stupid Pokemon. Uh, God, <laughs> the Hasaki to Kanto, <laughs> all those different transport oh, loops. No. That the train takes you is very yes. reminiscent of the fact, too, that each sector of Japan is very accessible to the public. So they can go out the way to view it because they have this interconnected transportation system that is really easy, really easy to use because it's just an island. I mean, it might take a few hours depending where you're going, if you go in the north or south or the middle, but. It's still within a day trip while United States. Good luck trying to get to California from, I don't know, New York. It's a half a day trip. Oh, an airplane? 
half a day trip. Yeah, that's but just drive for flying. Over there, it's a half a day trip yeah, just to get from New York flying. to Florida. Yes, and I mean, that's, if no, we, if we could, like in this country, kind of conceptualize the idea that, day. yeah, if every state was its own country, yeah, it's, it's just a lot. It's a lot. But um, this is very true. The, to be able to access all of your country um, within a train's ride um, or if you want to take a flight or a boat, being able to do so is, it is an amazing idea and thought. Um, and it, I think it is a bit hard for us to think about because there's just so much land it's, and so much to cover. Uh. And but it doesn't minimalize. Yeah, I can't believe I said kids at all. Uh, I'm, I'm right, but like, uh, that's not the connection. <laughs> <laughs> not you being like, I mean, I yeah, feel right, I just, but anyway. Oh, <laughs> we'll edit it in post. <laughs> uh, we'll mark it and edit it in post. You know. Oh gosh. my goodness. You know, the hero doesn't rely on its own strength, but cooperates with the partners in the team to win. So, as long as I have other people to help me along the way, hey, I can be very successful. What do you think? I think you sound like an anime protagonist about to go on a really, really big adventure. And I'm going to be oh, your Lord. auntie slash mom slash neighbor who raised <laughs> you from childhood and tell you, why don't you just stay in town? But I believe in you. I always knew you'd be great. And one day <laughs> you'd leave this small town. They always say that. They always say that. I always knew you'd you leave. Tell me a big feast like, and wow, off the road again. Yeehaw. Literally the oh, very yeah. next the very next day, I go into town. I do two things. Yeah. Hunter x Hunter was sick for that. That was oh. Hunter Hunter was terrible for that. He came home, ate some food, and then was just like, "I gotta oh go find my, my father." He told me not to find him. So uh, <laughs> later, Auntie. Bye. <laughs> you know, very vital. Or I just love how. Oh God, <laughs> I'm going back to talk to one, but just Ash's mom comes in, Mister Mime. And they just fixed the dinner and he's off on the road again. Like, when does this ever stop? Like, come on. I mean, I mean, for people who like love their children but also love their free time, this is great. Who knows what his mom's doing in her free time without him being <laughs> home? She's probably aggravated when he comes home. <laughs> Ash, get out of I here. Wait. She's so carefree. I was like, like, come on, have some depth to you. You, I mean, you, ha, ah, uh. anyway, you know, it's nation, national culture is rooted in the hearts. You know, since childhood, people have received the collective education, the, the influence of the collectivism, a long time is deeply implanted. So they apply the spirit to the future study, work, and life. What do you think about that aspect? I mean, that was that was a lot of a lot of words, but 
mm-hmm. I guess, as, as a total, as a whole. Um, again, having something that, having what people you can rely on and also having something to continue building yeah. off of, it's always going to make for a better foundation and better motivation. Mm-hmm. But I guess probably doing it just for yourself um, or just for very selfish reasons. So having that instilled within you, or yeah. if you learn it along the way, oh yeah, it's always going to be a good thing, unless you're a little too selfless, mm-hmm. um, or a little too willing to always jump into other things. Yeah, you can you get know, off course very one quickly. One such symbolism is the cherry blossom. They bloom; they're very beautiful. They bloom only for a very short amount of time, mm-hmm. and. This actually is a form of the action associated with collectivism because cherry blossoms represent the growth of life needed, but also the let going of that life after they stop blooming to go back to normal. Most kind of me of the descent of our death and, yes. rebirth, um, and rebirth episode. Kind of like this circular motion, uh, this uh, circular kind of uh, pattern that happens. So, starting, oh, coming, yeah. going, and knowing when to stop. Because, you know, the, the short yeah. season of the blossoms coincide the short passing of that of that time of year, but also the returning of the time without mm-hmm. the blossoms as well. Because you see that a lot of times in anime. The blossoms are very reminiscent of the fact of taking a moment to think and admire the beauty and then the you know, in the school setting they end and whatever that, that, that moment is stronger because it's so short. Yeah, I mean, I think it also reflects just, um, I would say, youthfulness, uh, our adolescent years, and then also love. Uh, and you, and a, a lot of times it does represent either um, mm-hmm. like a forlorn type of love, a love that's been lost, yes, um, unrequited love as oh. well. The, 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 yeah, and then even even with death and passing, while there is the flower death that's in Japan, the red one that we see a lot in animes, especially like at the end of Demon Slayer or in um, the credits of Inuyasha, but for the for the I would say for the Sakura blossoms, those are probably yeah. the ones that you see most often used, and it's it's because those moments are very cherished, and people look. They, they're so for the festivals for it and everything um, watching them bloom and knowing that it's not something you can have every single day but when you get it yeah. you need to hold on to it for as long as you can and when it's time to let it go oh, yeah. you just you allow it to be and uh, knowing that natural process oh yeah makes and also more with well- the uh, duality action of modesty and anime we also dive into what is culture? Is culture necessarily have principles that we always abide by? Or is there an exception that's still within our own culture? 
that a lot of times this is a story when uh, people of dual, like, let's say either dual citizenship or a family culture that's in a different country, but they're in a home country. How do you apply your family's culture to the culture you live in? I mean, it's yeah. possible yeah, to yeah, do it. You see it a lot. I mean, I, I do believe that but with also more recent that, shows. I yeah. also feel like um, accepting one's culture, the one you come from, it's important to consider. And the one you're at currently is also good to take some notes to put in action to combine the two. Because a lot of people think that, oh, your family culture is defined. Well, culture is not necessary. Culture is a nuance that is always growing, always becoming new, becoming more, but also becoming less because of certain outcomes of traditional mentitudes declining because participation is not high enough. Um, yeah, I guess I can see that. I mean, I feel like that's more of a, um, like an anthropology kind of perspective when reviewing cultures as a whole. But also, I think that, again, it can still tie into yeah. the Sakura Blossom thing that you were speaking of. Um, and it's, and it's, um, it's meaning because there are going to be a time when you have to let go of a culture, whether it be because of the continuation of its practices is dying out um, or if its people have kind of been thinned out in regards to, you know, their region, their country, whether a war, anything of that nature. So there's a lot of factors that absolutely can, I would say, like dilute a culture that you have. And a lot of times things also get blended together and morph and change. And yeah. we see that a lot in this country. We yeah. were literally called the melting pot for that reason. And I always like to have, like, sometimes how Japanese society can make fun of American society or take something of that society, make it their own, and then it's becoming in their own culture as well. Because just as we take from other country, cultures, Japan is constantly take, evolving its own culture. The next decade might be something new that we don't even know mm -hmm. because it hasn't been adopted in the culture yet. Because the culture is still changing. You know, the, the traditional side is still there. But there's still so many things that they have to consider. It, it just makes you wonder, what would the culture look like from a century from now compared to now. I mean, yeah, I still feel as though Japan is going to keep their, their the traditional portions of it. It's not, I don't see it yeah. being something that's going to get kind of wiped away it's not, or it's minimized. Um, close again, close your eyes. I, I, it's yeah. more like uh, it's the nuance carrying over because it's been carrying over for centuries. They've just been growing and growing. 
now they're just in a digital age. They can share their culture in a widespread audience applicable to the public to see. They always had it. I don't think they never went away with it, which I think is really great of Japan and China. You know, all these different Asian countries kind of keep their culture intact. They don't let it they don't let the wildfire come in and destroy everything. They let the wildfire in and the culture still burns brightly even after the fire. It's a persevering nation. That's literally what Japan is known for. So I don't I don't ever believe that they're just going to kind of roll over and give up on their culture. I think if anything, they'll continue to adapt but they'll keep those things that are rooted in in who their nation is continuously. uh, To me, I feel, you know, if you have a culture, regardless of what it comes from, what it is, try adapting it to your life. You don't know what the result until you do. It's really symbolic to have a culture you can call your own and be immersed in the the subtlety and and the capacity to grow. That's what I want people to take from this episode. How about you? Um, I want people to be able to recognize the similarities that you can find from the artwork and artistry that comes from anime and its storytelling with the people of Japan. And then also look at how those changes have come over the years, how we had the whole conversation about the change in artistic styles and drawing styles for animation. You can also see that within storytelling as well. So seeing how as the times have changed and the influences that, um, you know, socializing and interacting with the bigger, with the, uh, the global world, how that's impacted Japanese culture and how that's reflected in their artwork and, and really enjoy those two, you know, conflicting nuances of traditionalism and modesty with the vibrant, explosive creativity yeah, that's in their, in their the- stories creative nature that we have, that we see, will always continue to strive and succeed because it's it's what is unique to Japan, it's what unique that Japan can bring to the world in the global stage of that particular entertainment. They're going to be the front runners for a very long time. I don't necessarily see I, I see competitors in the market but I still see Japan very strong in going forward. So that is the conclusion of this episode. I absolutely agree. Um, and we and this is the conclusion of Japanese duality, modesty, and anime. We might do more duality type episodes, but keep in Thank mind that you have your own culture and. No one can take it from you. Absolutely. Thank you guys for joining us this week and join us next week for another (laughs) riveting topic.
in regards to all things anime oh, and gosh. Japanese I culture. Oh, gosh, I this topic today. <laughs> this is a last-minute type of thing. But, hey, it worked out, and we are all able to persevere, just like the fire. Bye, guys. Absolutely. <laughs> Bye, guys.